Hello everybody, it's Gary Stuckey, back once again for another exciting episode of Real Music. And on today's show, get ready. He's back once again after about two years. I talked to him, yeah, a couple years ago. One of the best guitar players ever and singers of one of the coolest bands. He was in Grand Funk Railroad back in the day and uh, his name is Mark Farner. Yeah, we're going to be talking to him. You know the song, Some Kind of Wonderful the locomotion, I'm Your Captain, uh, just so many songs, you know, he wrote like over 90% of that, and we're going to be talking about the, uh, the possibility of those guys getting back together, it's up in the air, right, if, if somebody says yes, it's back on, hey, it could happen. Uh, and he's got these cool things going on, all kinds of projects, new music. Wait till you hear who he's working with. Uh, but he's got this uh, Farner Chords. Stay tuned for that. Find out what Farner Chords are. Maybe you can learn how to play like Mark. And uh, will there be uh, a biography, a movie about Mark coming up? We'll see about it. So many things to talk about so little time here he is though here's one of my favorite people it's mark farner hi this is mark hey mark it's gary stuckey how are you doing good brother how are you doing good everybody doing good your way up in michigan yes sir we had us a good day we had I had to drive downstate today, and I went back uh, to Flint and south of there to the studio, and they had uh, 64 degrees down there, sunshine the whole way. It's one of them days you just don't mind driving. Yeah, that's some, <laughs> that's some good driving weather. Did you yeah. crank up some, some of your old tunes and uh, <laughs> and, and listen and, uh, and drive around? I know that's what <laughs> I do, right? <laughs> Funny part about it is, Gary, I never, ever listen to the radio or to anything when I'm driving. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I've i got some great tunes while I, I drive, you know, driving here, driving there, going, I they just come to me on my tractor, you know what I mean? I'm driving around the field yeah. mowing hay or something, and, and I start getting inspired to write a song. I'll run in the barn, write the first verse, go back, get, mow some more hay, come around again and write the second verse, and run back out to the track. It's like things that, uh, you know, they, they got that that uh, tone and they got the vibration and that oh, yeah. energy, that torque, you know, you're being torqued up. So it's it's that's what worked to write songs for me and, so I don't want to mess any of that up. And besides, when you go in to pay the bill at the gas station, you know, or if you're going in to get a coffee or something, whatever's playing on that radio, dude, that's what's playing in my brain, and I can't change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I totally understand. Yeah, I've, I've been there myself. Yeah, you're trying to write a song or something, and and you're like, I can't get that tune out of my brain. Um, that's right. Well, that that's cool though that that you uh, you spend time and like you're on the farm, and uh, you know when a song comes to you. So, so does that happen? Like say in the past, did that happen in the past? Did the songs, some of your hit songs, kind of come to you like that? How did they come to be? Yeah, uh, I wrote Sally, um, going around the field doing hay. And uh, I, I wrote several songs, you know, just driving around on the tractor. Um, but Sally was one that uh, I would stop and, you know, I was hearing it in my mind. And then I had to, after I got done doing the hay, then I had to go in the house and find those chords before I forgot them. <laughs> right. Well, that's good. At least you didn't do like a lot of people do and uh, forget them. And then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never come back, you know. You, That's right. right. Oh man, they don't. <laughs> You're like, I wish I would have wrote that down. Yeah, yeah, man, I can't tell you how many times I thought, you know, I was sleeping and dreaming of a song, and and I I thought to myself, oh man, I got to remember this. I'll remember it in the morning, and no way, 
And man, those songs were so good. So now I sleep with a notepad, so I don't want to wake up my wife. You know, I, I sleep with a little steno pad I have for years yeah. alongside my bed just so I can jot things down. Or if I need to, I can get up and put a reference down now on a little uh, USB recorder, little handheld job, right. and just get a reference for it. And then I can go back to sleep. See, see, technology, it's great in some ways, you know, you could, oh yeah, <laughs> in some ways, not. Uh, in some about, ways, yes, yeah, some ways it's, it's, it's hurting. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, you said your wife, you know, you've been married 45 years. Is that right? Yeah. 45 years as of January 8th. Awesome. See, that says a lot, you know, these days it's, it's hard to, you know, oh, yeah. for people to stay married for 45 years. Yeah, well, it's part of my Cherokee heritage because Cherokee men esteem their wives to be equal with themselves. I was out to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, and I received the Cherokee Medal of Honor. And one of the, from the tribe, one of the elders told me, he said, uh, only when you uh, can break the, you know, what the what the uh, natural, the society puts out on all these movies and this, this uh, you know, the setup of men being over the women. Right. He says, only when you can break that and show your woman that you love her as much as you love yourself then you will have unity. Right. Man, man, I'm, and it's like when he spoke, I said, oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That rings a bell, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that it does. Um, I'm, and I'm sure that, that sounds like a book uh, that you need to write or something for, for marriages. Or yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I know since the last time I talked to you, I think the last time I talked to you was two years ago and you had just had a, a live DVD out, and you were recording with Alice Cooper. He had just released yeah. an album. So what's been happening yeah, since then? Well, the bass player that was recording with us in Detroit at the Rust Belt Studios, uh, Paul Randolph, has been with me ever since, and he's been in Mark Farner's American Band. Awesome. So that was a really good... Um, stroke, doing that, getting to hang out with Alice and getting to play music, you know, with Johnny B and Wayne Kramer and, of course, Paul Randolph. Yeah. Um, then I, then after the session was over, I just went up to him. I said, hey, dude, you know, I'm looking for a bass player, and it'd be nice to have a local a Michigan bass player because all my other musicians I've got to you know, import them from Memphis, Tennessee, and yeah. uh, St. Augustine, Florida, and Cleveland. I mean, you know, right. everybody comes from all over. But now, with Paul in Detroit and Cooch, my road manager, uh, we're tightening it up, and it it doesn't cost as much as it used to. <laughs> <laughs> that helps a lot these days, you know? Oh, right? buddy. <laughs> <laughs> get, get to save money on, hey, that... Every bit helps. I'm just saying that. That's, you know. Yes. Um, well, that's cool. So, you know, still playing. You've been doing some shows lately. What's been going on with the shows? Yeah. Been doing, uh, well, last weekend we did Tiffin, Ohio, and Port Huron, Michigan. Awesome. Uh, not not this one that just went, went by, but the weekend before. Um, and we, we had, uh, you know, one... One night, uh, Friday night, was Tiffin, and Saturday night was Port Huron. So we had to drive our ass off <laughs> to get up there in time to do that show. And and we did it. We pulled through. Well, yeah, that's dedication, though, when you have to travel. Yeah. And, right, and you still have that energy, and the, and the crowd is, is loving every second of it, right? Y- yes, sir. Absolutely, man. That's that's what drives me. And... uh. I know you've been quoted to say, um, you said, I am, I am who my songs say I am. So what, 
what song would you say that you are? If you had all to, of them, all of them. So, so it's like a, so if those songs are a puzzle piece to who you are, right? That's right. And since there's no video except to uh, the latest one, uh, never and always that there's a little uh, video thing there, but it's not like bands that do these videos and and that's no. what the song is. I want. I always want to leave that room for the individual to interpret, because yeah. it's like you know when somebody reads a book and then they go see the movie and they say, "Man, that movie sucked," <laughs> because you know their their imagination after having read the book was far greater and and suited their individual yeah. taste because that's how we construct things in our imagination to suit ourselves so uh, you know i want that to be uh for every person i i want that creativity i want it you know juiced up and rolling because um i'm you know i'm who i my songs say i am to each individual but you no two individuals are going to agree totally on everything, right. you know, just like, uh, WNEW, New York city. Um, guy told me, the jock said, we, we ask a hundred different people to write down their definition of what the song bridge over troubled water meant. Hmm. He said, Farner, we got a hundred diversely different definitions. No two were right. even close. Right. Yeah. That and man, that spoke real loud to me, Gary. That that makes a lot of sense. You know, I was thinking the other day about you know when these psychologists do these ink blot tests, and you know you see like this big blob, and it looks like some people say it looks like a bat, another somebody says it looks like my grandma, you know. But it's, yeah, it's from the interpretation of the person. So psychologically, there's something going inside that person. So that's how they relate to that song. And I see what you're saying. It's kind of like. You're painting the picture just enough to let them take that painting and add some more color to it, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's really cool. Yes, sir. And, that, you know, I think as we you know have gone through this evolution of music here and when MTV started and all these music videos started, I think that ruined the the effect that you and I are talking about right now, what it has on the individual, and it took away from our individual creativity and our imaginative forces within our psyche to create that movie, you know, that runs according to our own personal taste. Yeah, you know, I always, you know, growing up and, and I watched MTV and stuff like that, but I think what I did, I appreciated the video, but at the same time, you know, probably I'd already heard the, the song and, and had the picture in my mind before I saw the video. So it didn't really phase me. So I guess it, ah. that's what people need to do is kind of like, let it tell a story in your yeah. mind and let that other, if that does just look at that as a inter, one interpretation, but yeah, there's so many songs that are like, mean like you said means so many things to different people and i think that's why overall you know that's why everybody loves those songs because it does do that because it's so many things going on there and everybody yeah. loves that you know and uh yeah man but uh but you you got you got a lot of songs in the catalog that you know, but you'd say that you've written over 90 percent of the grand funk railroad catalog i think yeah. you said that before and yeah. uh I know last time I talked to you, you know, we discussed a lot of things about all that, but and we'll get into that. But, uh, you know, back in the day, though, when, when you're, you're playing Shea Stadium and you sell out, what, back in 72, and, and you sell out more, you know, quicker than anybody's ever done, even the Beatles, how, how did that feel at that moment? And do you look back and go, is that a dream? <laughs> did, did, did we Yeah, because, you know, we... We were on the road touring. It's not like we were sitting around waiting for this date to come. Yeah. You know, we we were energized by what we had been doing. And we 
you know, took off in a helicopter from the East River and flew over the stadium, had a, a physical view of what Humble Pie was doing to these people. Man, that, that stadium was rocking, <laughs> bouncing physically. Right. You know, you could see it flexing. And I thought, oh, my God, those people are going to break that damn thing down, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, and so you you see that you're all, you know, I was just jacked right up. And then when the limo was not there in the parking lot at where we landed this helicopter, and, with, you know, that kind of threw, threw us in a tailspin kind of had us concerned about, oh, my God, all those people over there, you know, they're waiting on us. You know? <laughs> they, they might attack and, us. Yeah, right. yeah, and so this is long, be, you know, long before cell phones or instant communications or letting anybody know what happened. Sure. You had to use the uh, pay phone at the end of the block. The guy ran down there, made a phone call, and, you know, the cop cars came and got us, and then we, we got out of the cop cars at Shea Stadium, and, and then got in the limo because there it was setting. It had gone to the to the wrong parking lot, wow. and uh, and it went back to Shea. And he and as he's you know telling them all about you know being in the wrong parking lot, and don't know what happened. Then we pull in, so then we get in the back of the limo and drive into the stadium in the limo and get out, and and that was our grand entrance, but. Then, you know, hearing the, the crowd, hearing the emotion, the waves that were coming from those people, man, it was like, it didn't take long to just get ready back up there and uh, felt like I was floating over that stage that night. I mean, I, I don't know if my feet ever did touch the stage. Right. It's just, that's the way it felt. I was just, I was riding on the on a sea of emotional uh, joy and love, man. Oh, man, it was so much love that night. My God. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I wish I wish everybody could experience that. Seriously, I mean, that's, it's a life changer. Well, you know, you were talking about, you know, floating. We may have talked about this last time, but, you, you know, you're floating in the air, so to speak. It's a different kind of high than, say, you're smoking a doob or something. I'm just saying. But, yeah. But if you're... It, you know, you're getting all that energy. Tell me this though, uh, when you're hyped up and you're playing, and the crowd's out there, and then after the show's over, how do you come down from all that? How do you come down to a normal plane and go, okay, back to reality? <laughs> you you don't. You don't. You just, you just keep it. Going. <laughs> you got to settle for the time it takes, and it. It don't happen that night. I mean, shoot, uh, it'll, you know, I, I've gone to bed with that just rushing feeling that like my blood is rushing through my body at 120 miles an hour and, uh, and have to lay there with my eyes wide open and, and wait it out until I can go to sleep. Well, yeah. you, you know, like I said, I, I can't remember all I've talked about, but I know this, I, um, I talk a lot about Steve Perry, you know, journey and things like that. And, um, I know that he had talked about, you know, being so emotionally high, so to speak for all those years. And he used that to take the place of all his hurts and stuff. Did, did you ever do that? Did you ever have a lot of stuff, hurts and pains and, but that emotional high took the place of it. So then when you were off the road, it's like you hit the ground. Did, does that ever happen? Yeah, uh, I can, I can definitely empathize with that, and and you know that's great to to hear that Steve uh, had experienced that, and in that way, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's great that, that he used it in a positive uh, way to influence himself, because instead of feeling sorry for himself or how people tend to do to become a victim um, using that energy it's, it's so beautiful how could you ever go the other way I that you know just naturally uh, you saying that Gary just gave me like 
Yeah, man. man. I I even got more uh, respect for Steve now. Yeah, I'm, and and there's some things about that. I'll, I'll be talking to you about that later. But uh, but you know, it's got a all that emotion has to be there. And and through all these years, I know that it 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 weighs on your mind. And I know that you've had all those experiences, ups and downs, and things like that. Back then, and I, were you even looking into the future? I know it was all about right then and the moment. Did you ever look into the future, kinda, and go, ever think that you still be doing that, like over fifty years later? Never gave it a thought. It just never entered your I, mind. Never entered my mind. The only thing that I thought about once I made the the purchase of my farm. I bought 110 acres, and then uh, and it backed up to a mill pond in this little town called Partialville. And there was, uh, oh God, it was uh, three quarters of a mile or so on the pond. And we used to ride the dirt bikes and the three wheelers and the four wheelers and go fishing in that pond, go shooting suckers with a bow and arrow and then smoke them, you know. Uh, I just couldn't wait to get enough money to buy that other piece from Eva Huskinson, the lady who lived next door, this sweet gal, uh, just a beautiful person. She's just an old farm gal. And she, she said, when I get ready to sell... Mark, I want to sell it to you. She says, I like you, and I know you're not going to turn it into trash or going to sell it to have a bunch of people moving in around here. <laughs> I said, yeah, man, that's great. Right. Uh, and I ended up, you know, making the money and, and buying that piece, too. So I had 190 acres there. And that kind of seclusion, because this is what my Uncle Jack had in, in Marlette, Michigan. He had a He had a dairy farm. Cool. And he had seclusion. And I mean, there, he owned the fields on both sides of his house and down the road from his house and then way back deep and into the woods and past the river. And I mean, he had a lot of land that, that he was working, running uh, dairy cattle on there. And his daughters, Marlene and Darlene, uh, Marlene was 6'3", and Darlene was 6'2". Wow. It was some big strapping girls. Wow. And and they could whip any man's ass in the county. <laughs> I wouldn't want to try. That, Mar- look out. It's, am- it's, it's Marlene and Darlene. Hey, my brother's name is Barry, so Barry and Gary. I just thought about that. but Yeah. So, yeah, look out. Here here comes Marlene and Darlene. And, yeah. and they grab yeah. you and throw you through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, that you know, I, that I had that as the image of the perfect life, you know, the farm life. I knew that if I, if I didn't stay working and cause I've always been physical, I've always been, you know, doing something physical and not, you know, going to the gym and doing stuff. I mean, around the place, yeah. uh, you bailing hay and you're, you're throwing the bales around you're, you're, hooking stuff up to the tractor, you're doing, you're plowing, you're, you know, always uh, physical exercise. And, uh, and I love it. I do. I, I, here I am 75 years old this year and I still love it. it. I know that if I was to just stop and, uh, become a couch potato or a chair potato, whatever, that, that I'd get, I'd get all blowed up and fat and, die (laughs) sad it's sad i mean but but true i mean that that's really what's got you going i mean think about it you know you you're staying busy and you're working hard and you and out there playing and singing you always got something going on and and Mm -hmm. your mind is another thing a lot of people don't a lot of people think you know when you get older you know you're gonna naturally have a great memory or something but you but keeping your memory going and having a sharp mind is you know because you're constantly you know performing and doing things you know and i think that that has a lot of things uh, to, yeah, man. to do with absolutely that. 
Yeah, and not using antiperspirant deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that, too. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't want that shit getting up in my there, brains and you know, Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, I never thought about it, but there's all kinds of chemicals and all these things that we put on our body. Yes. And, oh, yeah. And, and the food we eat. You ever look at like a label and it's got stuff, the same stuff that's like in fiberglass or something, and you're like, oh, yeah, I man. just ate cereal that's got fiberglass in it. You know, I'm like, what <laughs> the heck? Yeah. Who, who's the guy at, you know, at the series, you know, at Kellogg's going, I think I'll put Motorola yeah. on this stuff. Who came up with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always, you know, always read the labels, people. That's all I can say. Um, yeah, man. Well, hey, uh, I know that during, you know, the, the high times of, of, you know, the fame back in the day of uh, Grand Funk, you know, I know, there was a war going on, of course. And yes, sir. You, your music was like the soundtrack of those guys' lives, and it was like a just, you know, going through their mind, I'm sure. I mean, I wasn't there, of course, but I'm just saying I'm sure that they, it was a motivation for them to come home, you know, with a song. with You know, all your songs, you know, really were uh, motivational, but like I'm Your Captain, I mean, was that really – Something do, do the guys today? I know you're big on the the veterans and helping them and everything. And do they ever come up to you and go, you know, that song, "I'm Your Captain," with the words, you know, getting closer to your home and they're picturing it in their mind. Was that a motivation? I'm sure it was. Well, yeah, man, and and you can't believe how many, even of the younger uh, soldiers, the younger generations that still hung on to the words in that song. They, they played it while they were in Saudi Arabia, in Afghanistan, right. in Iraq. People, soldiers that I have spoken with said, man, your song got me back. And I'm telling you, when a young soldier like that, one of our young veterans, you know, I'm standing there talking to him, maybe he's missing an arm or a leg or something, you know, and they say this to me, it it just it's very humbling, and it just reminds me, you know, of when I prayed for that song, the the prayer got answered, and it it reached and touched the hearts of those that the Lord wanted to get to, Amen. and that's what I asked for. So I always give God the glory. And, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm, but I'm a custom Christian. I'm a practical Christian. Right. You're, you're saying you're legit. You're real. Yeah. You're saying. Okay. Yeah, brother. <laughs> you don't pretend to be somebody else is what you're saying. That, that's right. Yeah, I understand. Um, oh, yeah, speaking of which, my son is coming home from the Army in a few weeks after being gone for a few years stationed over wow, in Germany. Wow, awesome. So uh, I'm proud of God that. God bless you, man. Um, but I know that, that those songs are, are very inspiring. And I know that all your songs though, through the years and all that you've been through, you know, in your life, you know, the ups and downs and things like that, was there, I think there was supposed to be some kind of documentary or something. Was there ever, did it ever come to be like a movie or something? Well, there was, uh, with a one manager that I had, uh, Joanne, she, had talked about, um, you know, doing a movie and, and had even contacted some people, but nothing ever, it was just talked about. But now I'm, uh, I'm actually doing some work, some video work and some promotion work, um, with a cinematographer out of Detroit that, uh, has done some great stuff. And, and he's, you know, he's seeing in his mind and saying, Hey, you know, we could do this. We could do a, a, a movie about your life. And, and just like what you were saying, Gary, just, uh, get that the prospect of people, what they think about that song, what that means to them. And, you know, the way he's presented it to me, um, 
and and he's he has raised you know millions of dollars to do movies, and there's some other people from uh, White Owl Films who were just talking to me day before yesterday, and I told them about this fella in Detroit, and they they said, well, we'd love to work with them, and you know, so they're just, I I don't know when because I'm just in the you know, formative stages right now of just talking this thing out, but it needs to be done. Yeah. It, I re- really believe that, uh, you know, it could be healing, uh, for people and for them to know that besides all of the, the glamor on stage and all that, that there's another part, uh, that motivates me and, and that the satisfaction of, that people have shown me that they've received that has kept me humble. Uh, I think, you know, that that would be a very heart touching point sure. that, that, uh, would sell that to the hearts. Yeah. Um, so would it be like a documentary or would it be like a regular movie, like a biography, you know, real movie about your life and you get somebody to play you, would it be like that? Yeah, that's that's what he's talking okay. about. So who would you get to play you? Oh, he, he's got some ideas. I don't. I don't. Do you have any? Until <laughs> yeah, until I um, you know am presented with this person, that person, that and and the you know what the storyline is of the movie and how what he's seeing, then then I could then I could have the input. But I am no good. Um, I, I'm good at songs i mean that that's that's what i've done all my life but right. movies i don't i leave that to somebody else <laughs> i can understand and i can critique um you know somebody uh, storyline or you know after they explain to me how it's be, gonna be presented then i can have my input there but until then i'm just uh i'm listening hey you still got the music going on so you know you could fall back on the other, you know, just for fun <laughs> for the, uh, yeah, <laughs> of course, you, of course you should, you know, you can make a cameo in the movie, right? You could be, Oh yeah. Somebody in there. That'd be awesome. Yeah, um, man. Um, well tell me this. And I've been reading about, I checked it out today. Uh, the, uh, Farner chords. That's cool. Tell me about the Farner chords. Well, the Farner Chords came to be after a friend of mine sent me a video link. He sent me this link and he says, Hey, Farner, is this really how you play Sin's a Good Man's Brother? And so I ran the, the clip, you know, I went to the link and played it. And I have to call him back, you know, I said, No. <laughs> that, that, you know, I didn't realize, I didn't know up until that point, and this was probably, I don't know, three, four years ago, Gary. And I was talking about that very thing to Jimmy Romeo, the cinematographer. And I said, do you think we could put something together where you do a two-camera shoot one of my right hand, one of my left hand, so that, you know, somebody could zero in on exactly, you know, and it has to be a an accomplished player. This is not for beginners. Yeah. So somebody that can already play and they can see what a, a guitar player is doing on the fretboard, then they go, oh, that's how he did it. Because oh, yeah. I've seen some, some guys, some very good guitar players, um, who tried to do it, you know, they they made it sound great, but it was not the chords I used. Mm. So I I said, you know, Jimmy, can can we do that? He says, hell yes. Because I told him, I want to be able to give it to the fans, uh, to those people who want to learn these songs, for them to be able to play it when they go out after playing, uh, playing it for their mom or, you know, playing it for the nightclub or for a wedding reception, wherever they're playing it to play it right, man, 
that's what a what a reward that is for me yeah. as the you know the creator of that that work um, to have somebody yeah. care enough to want to do it the right way. And what a treat for them to to learn it the right way. But you know the guy that you saw playing it wrong, you should have went on his YouTube channel and said that sucks, dude. Stop. It. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop right now. Let me show you how to. I, I, no, I'm kidding. I, I'm sure he did okay. I, but look, I play guitar. You know, I'm going to give a plug to myself. No, but um, what I like about what I was looking at, you know, normally they go back t- to the beginning. You know, like you said, you got to be an accomplished player uh, to understand. But a lot of times they'll go too far and they'll go first. You go one, two, three, the third fret, and then you go down three. Str- I'm like, dang, dude. Uh, get to the point, <laughs> but yeah. you, but you get to the yeah. point because you're showing the chord patterns in it. You don't necessarily yeah. say it's on the seventh fret, th- third. Fret. You just show it, and they automatically know. Hey, that's going to be a G down there on the, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. But uh, right. So that yeah, that's cool. And uh, but that really is something that everybody can appreciate. You know, and then the man himself. Is showing yeah. how to play it. It ain't some guy that, you know, learned it his way. It's the guy that wrote the song. Yeah, brother. That's really cool. And I, well, I appreciate yeah. that. I, I really do because, you know, uh, it's one thing when it's in your mind, but then when you release it and and you are echoing what I have heard from a few people now that – Man, this is so cool because it's like you're not charging for this. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and and people are getting I've had so much good uh medicine in my heart from this, brother. I'm not kidding you. Uh, people saying stuff to me, man, you know, just really encouraging things. Uh, it's uh and I never uh, you know that that wasn't part of the deal. The deal was I just wanted them to do you know do it right and just because I make different inversions you know and and when I play keyboard with like the next uh, the next uh, video will be either uh, foot stomping music or creeping. Cool. I, I'm thinking I'm leaning towards creeping, yeah. but then uh, if if it's creeping. Then the fourth one will be foot stomping music, um, and we'll get the keyboard players in there. That's cool. That's yeah, because you, here's here's another thing, uh, Gary. Everybody, they go, "Hey, man, I love that foot stomping." I mean, accomplished keyboard players, and they start they get the left hand right, but when they grab that handful of chords that I get, you know, playing the, the right hand on that B three, yeah. There was nobody, no keyboard player ever, not one, ever played it right. And great keyboard players. But guitar players make chords different on a keyboard. Yeah. It's I, our, yeah. You know, that ain't our name. We weren't raised on that damn thing. Exactly. So, you know, so, so uh, I make different inversions. And, and being self-taught on the guitar, I mean, I yes, I learned your basic E, C, D, G, you know, the things that, and then the bar chords. Uh, but I also heard, like on Sin's a Good Man's Brother, that, that intro on the acoustic guitar. Yeah. I heard those notes, and I was out in the studio playing them, and Terry Knight, said what is that that you are playing i said i'm trying to discover these chords that i would like to play as an intro to this song to sins a good man's brother wow. he said no man we'll just let you sit there with it because you can't even believe what it sounds like in here because they had an acoustic uh, or a what do you call it diaphragm mic sitting out in the studio, large diaphragm microphone. He said, man, that thing, it is sounding awesome. Those chords are awesome. Wow. So uh, it was touching him as the producer, just just me playing the chords, you know, out there in the studio. They were the right chords for this song. 
the right setup. And you got to play the right inversion to get the to get, to same. get the same chords. I mean, if you yeah. if you one finger is off, it might sound good, but it ain't going to sound the same. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I I discovered why all those guys they couldn't get that that uh chord, those chords right on that keyboard. I know why because they're not Mark Farner. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> There's your answer. Okay. No, that, but that's true, though. I mean, that, you know, you're talking about, you know, playing guitar when you, you're self taught. You learn things a certain way, and if you're going to take more chances than a guy that's, you know, and, and not knocking people that are, you know, classically trained and, and know all these uh, musical notes and stuff. I, I mean, like for me, that's how I was, you know, I just learned by ear. So if you come up with something, it's not something that you already knew. It's something that you're discovering, and you're bringing yeah. it out, and you're making it. It might not even be a regular chord. You're just kind of mixing stuff together, and it's like, hmm, that that works, you know. But yeah, that's that's really cool. But that's what it is. You're Mark Farner, and there's no, <laughs> and, and there won't ever be another one. And uh, yeah, man. except no imitations, right? That's <laughs> right. And and it's just like snowflakes. You know, there ain't two alike. That's true. That's true. There ain't two people's been alike. So that's you know that's what it's that, all about. We, um, yes, sir. And you were yeah. you, you were talking about earlier about you know helping people. You know, in the younger you know generations, people disco- discovering your music for the first time, they're like, I want to learn. I want to be like Mark Farner when I grow up. You know, I want to hear. <laughs> I want to play those notes like he did. So it's like, but you're giving back to these people, and you know, I always heard, and you know what I'm talking about. You know, if you give things given, it shall be given unto you. Have you ever heard that before? Oh yeah, good measure, <laughs> pressed down, yeah. shaken together. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's and that is why good things are coming. So, um, yes, sir. But uh, you know, like I said last time, we talked about different things, and of course, everybody that's ever interviewed you, they're going to talk about you know grand funk and. You know the reason why you're not playing with them. Will you ever be back with those guys? And I know the last time I talked to you, you 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 wanted to. And unlike you know, I was talking about Steve Perry of Journey, his situation, he was kind of you know, they kind of went on without him, and he kind of got upset, and he didn't come back. But you are wanting to come back. So, do you think? Uh, I mean, what can you say or do differently? Because you always hear the same story probably from both sides maybe about what's going on there, but what, what's something that you could say that maybe would spark something up? Well, I, you know, it takes two to tango over there. Uh, when you got two against one in a corporation, uh, if Mel was to side with me, um, because I did write 92% of the music and it is my voice that is on all those songs, uh, we would have a closer uh, resemblance to the original Grand Funk than Don and Mel with with another uh, three guys. Yeah. And I believe that they there's something to the fact that it isn't Steve Perry. Yeah, they got some guy that sounds like him. As far as what people are telling me, the guy that is singing uh, for Grand Funk does, doesn't even come close to sounding like me. So, you know, when they go, when people go to see them, um, Oh, they can be as a tribute band, seriously. And but if Mel was to side with me, and him and I went out with a drummer, we'd kick ass, and we would. I mean, people would come because we we could call ourselves Grand Funk, but we would be two thirds of that uh, with the creator in there of these works and that vocal that people recognize Brother Gary. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, once once Mel got wind of that and uh, made the 
the jump to hyperspace and crossed over, then we'd get Brewer to fold back into the fold and go out and kick some ass. Sounds like a plan. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think it could happen. Um, and, uh, yeah. but you know, uh, like a lot of other bands, you've heard a lot. You know, Journey's got stuff going on. I think Kiss, the other day on Howard Stern, I think Paul Stanley was talking about Ace Frehley and Peter Chris. you know, the reason why they didn't play at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. And he said if they would have played, it, they would have had to call themselves Piss instead of Kiss. And Ace Frehley is upset now. He's saying he's going to spew a lot of, you know, dirt on Paul Stanley because he heard, you know, him say that. So that's that's kind of a rough thing to say from some former band members, but you don't ever yeah. you don't throw anybody under the bus. You're just you're like, I mean, you talk about facts, but you don't really go that guy's a jerk, and I don't want to see him anymore. It's like you're thinking we can do some great things, right? Yes, yeah, man. Because you know I'm a music fan, and and when all the Beatles were still sucking air, I could not figure out for the life of me why they just wouldn't bury the hatchet. And for the sake of the fans, go back out and entertain as the original band. They, uh, if they would have done that, I would have paid any amount of money to go see them. Yeah. I ain't kidding you. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think everybody is in the same boat. I mean, I think they're like they would be there. I mean, if Steve Perry came yeah. on the journey, they'd be. Everybody would buy a ticket. You know, it. it Why not? It, yeah, brother. I mean, it's just it's one of those things, though, and. The the fact that's what blows my mind is the fact that you're like you're open to it after all that's been said and done. You're still like, I want to play with these guys. You know, I mean, after all these years, yeah, that's got to stand for something. I think so. Um, you know, I I'm I'm just still I'm so uh, abused when we go. You know, when I have a a corporate. Because every year, you know, you got to have a corporate meeting, and, and nothing that I've ever said has ever been taken seriously. And uh, you know, I can't tell you about what has been said in in specifically, but I can tell you, you know, because that's that'd be against the law. But I can tell you that I'm not taken seriously, and uh, it it hurts. I won't let it uh, bum me out because I'm, I would be holding my own self in, in debt consciousness, and I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm, I won't even allow myself to have any amount of uh, regret because yeah. regret is self, uh, you know, it's in, or, yeah, debt consciousness, which is actually, you know, sinning against yourself. Um, when you, you know, we got to cop this attitude of setting ourselves free because ain't nobody can do it but us, man. Um, that's one thing Bob Marley did have right. <laughs> you know, that it, there's no one but yourself can set you free, you know, from the all this debt consciousness, not just not financial debt, but the, the debt of, unfulfilled expectations of other people and the debt of regret that we've had and we hold our own self in debt consciousness man we can't we can't go there yeah. and, no. and uh, you know and and uh, but there's a lot of people that do and, and and I feel sorry for them because they fell for it they took the bait and they swallowed it uh, hook line and sinker you know just really went that way but man that, that's that evil stuff, that's, you know, well, that you, stuff ain't going to yeah. uh, get you into heaven. No, not at all. Um, and I was thinking, uh, I know you said that, like the two-thirds are over there and you've got the one-third, but uh, um, I was thinking of it like a, if you had like this special, you know, brand X, you know, cola, and you put, it, you know the majority of it like you wrote most of the songs and it's mostly i mean you've got a big part of this right so if you put like brand x over here in this cup and it was like you know almost full and then you put some you know a third over here or two you know and people tasted it and it was the same thing but they put 
such and such a brand on top of that. And they go, oh, I'm going to go for that brand because that's the brand I know. Meanwhile, this brand, which is same thing, but it's not getting noticed. You get what I'm saying? It's like you're not getting that full respect yeah, because of that brand name. You're not getting yeah, that full. Brother. So how is that? And it, what can be done about that outside of them? Well, the, can't anything be done um, except, you know, there's people that are – that are fans. There's a bunch of people that are fans that are um, in different, um, you know, besides the military people, I know it's CIA and, uh, you know, DEA people that are fans. Um, there's people that are professional people that have started bringing to my attention um, shareholder abuse. And even though the Bible says, you know, stay out of the courts, sometimes it, that's the only thing that uh, can settle something. Yeah. Um, you know, when there is that kind of abuse, and, and I don't know anything about it because I'm not an attorney. I don't even think that way. Yeah. You know, I can't. I can't make heads or tails. When it's here to and there to and all this, it just just that turns my brain in a in a knot. You know, I think that's what it's supposed to do, and it, it's very successful with me because I'm, I'm just a basic, you know, fundamental kind of guy. I understand that. Um, well, you know, looking, you know, through this past year or so, I mean, you see where we're losing a lot of, you know, different artists, you know, like Jeff Beck, people like that. You know, you're thinking, whoa, he's gone. So you don't get that opportunity, you know, and and – People that wanted to play with them, they can't get that opportunity anymore, you know. Right. So I'm thinking about, you know, and I and I hope you guys hope we all live a long life, you know, maybe a you know, hundred and something years, you know. But I mean, you you're not promised tomorrow, so I don't understand yeah. why there's such a big wall that can't come down between people that needs yeah. to, for friendship and for the fans and for the whole just for the whole legacy to say, this is the final chapter. Let's do something big and say, Hey, we appreciate you. You know? Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, but you know, something, uh, a friend of mine who's a DEA in Washington, DC. Um, he said, because what was done was premeditated and he pulled it off. He had never want you around him for fear that you would retaliate in some way. And he's, he's hurt you so bad that he fears the retaliation would be akin to it, that, to that depth of, you know, and I'm, I said, well, he don't know who I am. You know, if he's, if he's thinking that way, he don't know who I am. Uh, but, but I did get it. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, if you, you know, if I premeditated something and pulled it off, I wouldn't want that person around me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? So I got that, you yeah, know, it, it and, th and that may uh, play into it or, you know, it may not, but, but that was a professional person that, you know, offered that as, as some kind of reasoning as to why he don't want to. Because, yeah. hey, just on the financial aspect of it, oh, my God, those guys are playing for a pittance of what the real band could be making. Yeah, yeah, that's what I don't understand. I mean, like, it would be in everybody's benefit for a reunion and a tour. Yeah. A fine, you know, just build it up, the farewell tour, you know, and just... Boom! Yeah, and it's I'm like, with you, Whoa. buddy. Yes, and, it makes too dang much sense. And you record like live, you know, the band mm -hmm. live, the you know, and it's like this big package in this box set of everything. And it's just like this, you know, looking at it from that point of view. So it has to be yeah. something bigger. It's got to be like a guilt thing or like a. It's got to yep. be something big that would prevent that. So, yep. But I'm. But hey, I'm one of those never say never and and hope. You know, and, and things like that. So I'll, I'll be, yeah, brother. I'll be expecting that. 
Well, what about you as far as uh, musically? Have you got anything new uh, musically uh, that you? Oh got? yeah. Yeah. What? Wow. You, yeah. What you I've got? got some new stuff. I've got some. Man, people have told me that this is it's anointed uh, where I'm at uh, with these few songs that I have. And I'm working with Mark Slaughter. Do you know who that is? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. From the band Well, Slaughter. Mark Slaughter, he's, he's part Native American himself, Cherokee. And f- for some reason, when we hooked up and we played that, we did that Howard Stern show and we played I'm Your Captain, uh, and Slaughter was standing across from me singing. And when we got to that, Am I in my cabin dreaming? Yeah, you know, yeah. he's doing a harmony, brother, and he and it's he's up there hitting those notes. And I looked over at him as I'm playing and, and singing, and I had to take my headphones off because I can't play with headphones on. I had to hear the band, feel the band, so I could hear him real good. And uh, when we got done doing that that session. Um, I showed him a couple of songs that I had been working on. He says, man, I'd like to work on that stuff with you. So we, we, and that's the first time I'd ever met him. So we struck up a good friendship and, uh, then come to find out, you know, we both have the native blood in us and he's, so he's producing and he's down there in in Columbia, Tennessee, about an hour outside of uh, Nashville. And we do stuff through, uh, you know, Dropbox. I'll send a file to the Dropbox, and he can bring it into his uh, digital audio workstation and put it in the track, and there it is. But we do um, the best work, of course, uh, together. When I'm down there at the studio, and him and I are face-to-face, you know, spirit-to-spirit, brother-to-brother, we can lay down the law. And uh, and this stuff, I've got a, a song. The first one that's going to be released, I could tell you the name of it. It's called Same Game. And Same Game rocks, dude. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everybody I've played it for, I've had people here from Japan. I've had, you know, friends up. I've had other musicians when I'm on the road, I'll just play it on the phone and they go, Oh my God, partner, that is the shit. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, man. So we, it, we are going to put out something that's, it's full of love brother. And it's full of concern and it's full of the truth. And it's in, it's not in a four forty. It's in a four, three, two. Wow. Of the very compatible frequency tuning standard that uh, that's in touch and, and uh, in tune with everything natural, awesome. everything in nature. 440 is a dissonance against a lot of the natural frequencies in nature. And I believe that's why they made it a tuning standard. That's, hmm. I never thought about that, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, man. Wow. Well, tune your uh, guitar, tune an acoustic guitar down to four, three, two. How to do that? And just let that minister to your soul. You play that, and and you know, I mean, when I first did it, I couldn't believe because when you get when you're almost there and and your little tuner, because I got a headstock tuner that it'll you know you can go up or down from 440. Yeah. So I'm just, I was taking it down and then I started tuning the guitar and there's this little harmonic, there's like yeah. a whistle, yeah. uh, you know, on the top of it. I'm going, wow, huh. that is awesome. You know, uh, and then when you play a chord, once you get them all whistling, oh my God. Wow. Yeah, man. Huh. I did, I'm going to try that when. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> need to. to. Wow, that's really yeah. cool. Um, man. Well, I appreciate uh, you talking to me. I won't keep you, but uh, I I enjoyed talking to you last time. I really enjoyed it this time. Man, you're like one of the best, like ever. My aunt, my late uncle Terry, was a drummer, and he grew up just y'all were the band. Grand Funk was the band for him. He's a teenager awesome. in, in Mississippi, and and uh, he went on to play in 
in bands for Bell Records and and played with you know toured with Leonard Skinner places like you know people like awesome. that. Yeah, he was awesome. in a, a band called Storm, and then oh. and then the guys from Journey. Some of the Greg Riley, Steve Smith, and Ross Valerie of Journey let you know they were out of Journey back in the day. They formed the Storm, and I found out that they put a the in front of that because of my uncle Terry's band Storm. Wow! So, so that's my connection. But yeah, you you're just your music has just touched a lot of people, man. And I I'm thankful to talk to you, man. Well, I appreciate it, and I, I take that as encouragement, and I hear the the truthfulness of your soul when you speak to me, and uh, I appreciate you as a brother. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to everything that you do, and I'll be checking out all that those chords and everything. That's really cool, and I'll be tuning my guitar to that, and I'll be looking forward to the future. Thanks so much for talking to me. You bet. All right, brother. If I don't see in the future, I'll see you in the pasture. Amen. I'll talk to you later. Amen. All right. Okay. All right, bye. bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Music. I appreciate you so much. If you'd like to donate to this podcast, you can do so by clicking on the support button and giving whatever amount that you feel like. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll be bringing you more and more awesome interviews. So just, you know, stay tuned. And uh, share this, if you will, and check out my YouTube channel, Real Music with Gary Stuckey, and subscribe, and uh, tell all your friends that the music is real. I'm keeping it real right here on Real Music. And until next time, everybody, do that. Keep the music real.